we're talking about productivity today because uh. this is, you know, productivity is something that is really important. Um, we value it extremely in our business and for our own mental wellness and well-being and all that. And we're going to get into that, what that means exactly. Yeah. But also in this climate, right, a lot of people are working from home. And if you are, you know, that's an amazing thing. You're getting a paycheck. You're, uh, pre- you're preoccupied with some good things, right? You're, you have some nice distractions during this time, which I think we all welcome. Um, and so, you know, this is, this is a very important part of communication, collaboration, and for our own mental well-being as well. The productivity element. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's funny, um, talking about productivity more generally, there was a really good discussion on uh, Cal Newport, who we've, we've mentioned, I think, in the last, last episode. He's a uh, professor who uh, is in Georgetown. Right. Georgetown. We always said he was on the West Coast. We were totally wrong. Yeah. He's in Georgetown. <laughs> um, anyways, fantastic. Uh, in his late 30s, done a lot of really good research in books. He's written so many books. I know. Extremely pro- prolific writer. Um, but is a computer scientist by trade. Yeah. And in any event, uh, one of the distinctions he makes is between productivity in the sort of manufacturing, yeah. sort of um, assembly line sense. Like factory style. Right. Input in, input out kind mm-hmm. of thing. Effort in, input out. And the sense of fulfillment you get from a job well done, right? And so those are two different things. And right. I think when some people, they have a negative association with productivity because they view it as uh, this sort of exploitative concept that emerged from factories trying to get as much as they could from their employees. And back to the grind. Yeah, back to you know, all in. Exactly. More hours means more output, right? Uh, how many widgets can you produce? Um, which is actually very relevant right now in terms of masks. But uh, and other people, oh, right? Yeah. But but the point is, um, when we talk about productivity, that's one component of it. But our focus is more so on the sense of fulfillment you get uh, from a job well done, from from setting your mind to something and getting through it and staying focused during that process. That's what when we say productivity here. That's really what we're, we're talking about. Um, and I think that's the kind of productivity that you want to strive for. Definitely. And it's also something that will keep you going, right? It's not one of these like one and done kind of things. Oh, I, you know, check that off my to-do list. That was super productive, right? It's it's more so like thinking it of it holistically and every day, you know, putting in the hours, maybe not completing that task that day, but every day putting putting the work in and seeing progress and feeling progress and then you have this sense of accomplishment at the end of the day which is so gratifying right totally i mean the consistency part of it that you just brought up right is frankly in my view one of the most important and under or overlooked aspects of productivity and uh i get why because it's way easier to you know talk about really effective ways to, to juice the most you can out of uh, the few you know, minutes or hours that you have to do something. 
But really, when it comes down to it, where, where the rubber meets the road is how often you do something, totally. right? Totally. I mean, that's where you see the results. Right. If you, Any, if you, anything you do, yeah, go ahead. Uh, well, I was just going to say, if you know, you can um, work uh, for uh, thirty minutes, and it can be the most productive thirty minutes of your life. But if you only do it, you know, once every few weeks, you're not going to get that much done. Whereas if you put that same amount of time in, or even less, but you do it every single day, uh, you can get a lot more done. Definitely. There's this. Um... There's this great book, My Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. We've mentioned it on the channel before. Um, and part of what he talks about, like he sets up his day for productivity, right? And so he has this morning routine and sure that might not be for everyone, but even if you do just one thing to establish this routine or this ritual, you can get so much done. So in the book, he talks about just reading 10 pages of a book right, of your choice, 10 pages a day, every day, is a lot of books at the end of the year, right? Mm -hmm. So we might scoff at, oh, you know, 10 pages, that's nothing. I'm not going to learn anything right. from 10 pages. Like, you might say that to yourself. But over time, 10 pages, you know, that's just a couple of weeks to finish maybe one book, right? Depending yeah, on the it, length. Yeah, it adds up. It that's adds true. up. And so consistency is, is king, consistency is queen, right? I mean, we really it rules. Want. Exactly. Yeah, it, the mind, it's interesting, the mind isn't very good at conceptualizing cumulative progress, right? We're, we're, we're very oriented uh, toward what we're producing in that very moment, what we're achieving in that very moment. We have a much harder time understanding what can be achieved over, over, time. over time and the bigger picture, right? Yeah. And I, I feel like that that specific challenge is what drives a lot of stress in the workplace because mm. everything feels so urgent, like it has to happen this very minute. Yeah, Otherwise, everything's going to fall apart, right? Everything right. has to happen. When right. in reality, most things can get done in a perfectly sufficient and, and comprehensive way. And frankly, they get done in a lower... Uh, Low stress. Well, I just mean there will be fewer errors yes. when you do it consistently um, and methodically over time. And the routine, like you're saying, yeah. is such a good way to achieve that. Because what a routine does is it sets some parameters, right? right. It sets some guidelines for you. Um, some, what do you call the um, guardrails? It sets oh, some guardrails, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Like when you're bowling. Like you're bowling, yeah. right, right. Um, and we've all used the guardrails at least once. <laughs> totally. And there's no shame in that, yeah. right? And so you're somebody who's very, so Greg's someone who's very systems oriented, routine oriented, which is great. I mean, I admire him so much for so many things, but that's one of them. Um, me, on the other hand, you know, I, on the other hand, excuse me, I don't really like doing the same exact thing every single day in terms of a routine, right? Um, but I've definitely played around with, because I know the value of establishing routines and setting up, you know, setting your, your day up for success. So there are things that I'll do every morning before like having maybe having a cup of coffee or two. Um, cocoa. <laughs> and cocoa. I really cocoa nowadays. Yeah, totally. Um, reading a couple pages from my book, maybe, uh, you know, checking, checking my schedule 
and doing my workout, right? So I noticed that I actually do these things every day before I start my work day. And that that's a routine, even though I wasn't cognizant of that formal routine. So what I'm saying is you might be someone who's sort of routine averse, but like that. Yeah. Freestyle. Exactly. Um, kind of spontaneous. You still get the job done, but try to think about something that you do every single day, even if it's, you know, getting up and walking over to the window and, you know, opening the curtains. Right? That could be your routine. Um, yeah, and it there, doesn't have to be like this big, elaborate, fancy, totally. glamorous, you know, thing. Because that's intimidating, especially for someone who doesn't really like that idea. But it is very productive. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, the the concept of routine, I think, gets a lot of criticism from creative types, and there's a stigma yeah. against it being uh, an impediment right. to free form thought yeah. and so forth. Yeah. Which, taken to extreme, it can be, totally, right? Totally, because it's if, rigid, right? right? It doesn't allow you to get out of that. Yeah, I mean, when you look at education systems around the world, uh, particularly in Asia, you have some very rigid systems that don't really allow uh, for, for creative thought because totally. every minute, literally every minute yeah. of your day is structured and you have to be doing this and that and you're working you know, with this specific... Um, like assignment, it's just very, very regimented. Uh, I, I know because I've taught in that environment. Right. Um, whereas you go to uh, other parts of the world, um, and I think Europe probably does the best job of this, where uh, it's much more a free-form classroom, um, where you know students are encouraged to sort of pursue their interests. Uh, but even in those free-form classrooms... There's still structure. There's still structure. You yeah. still have a time of day that you start class. Absolutely. You still have a teacher, right, mm -hmm. who's, who's giving a prompt that the, the, kid and the kids can start to riff off of. Yeah. So <laughs> just because you have um, some structure doesn't mean you don't, there's not room for creativity. Absolutely. And in fact, having a bit of structure can really free up the cognitive space for creativity. Totally. Right, because then your mind isn't worried about okay, when should I start? When should mm -hmm. I do this? It it gets all of those what I find to be stressful choices uh, out of the way for you to do your best work. Right. It's funny you mentioned that the school system because um, you're absolutely right. Maria Montessori, I believe, so an Italian educator, and she came up with the Montessori method, which is widely touted as um, and as an educator, I can attest to this methodology. It's particularly wonderful for younger children to develop autonomous learning, right? And autonomy is something very relevant in today's world of working from home, right? Because no very one's breathing down your neck telling you do this, do that, and then do that over there, right? You have to have that intrinsic motivation to be able to sit yourself at your computer, crank out those emails, send those reports, etc. So that autonomy is so, so essential to your, your productivity, right? So back to the Maria Montessori method, what one of the, the, the ways that that methodology works so well, the pedagogy, is um, they, have, they have the students, think young learners, like kindergarten, first grade, um, there's an array of activities for them to do. And... They set time 
you know, maybe an hour and they say, okay, have your, have, you know, have at all these activities that you want. You can do that one over there, that one over there, whatever strikes your fancy. Hmm. And they'll go and do that, right? And uh, so you give them the choice of activities. There's a choice. That they can opt into. Exactly. Very much like, right, there's the structure around there, but it's not as regimented, as severe as, okay, everyone's going to do this activity first, and then we're all going to move to this activity. Right. The, 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 the learner, the, the student can just... You they know, have agency. Have agency. And that develops autonomous learning. And so right. that idea of autonomy is so important. And it sounds silly to be talking about, you know, a primary school activity in the context of uh, professional work environments. But the reality is um, the sort of mental frameworks that you develop and, and, and resourcefulness that you develop at that age carries through and, and applies very much yeah. to what we do Today, nowadays, yeah. right? And like you're saying, the ability yeah. to... Uh, proactively identify where your value is greatest is a huge asset to your employer or to your business if you're running your own business. It's a huge asset. And so um, by, by uh, creating uh, some, some systems right. that allow you uh, to, to make those decisions in a smart, intelligent way um, and, and, and cultivating that sense of choice and agency can be very, very useful for increasing your productivity when, like you're saying, you don't have a clear structure or someone uh, sitting next to you saying, this is what you should be doing. Exactly. And I think, you know, um, entrepreneurs also sort of learn how to do this. Um, Sometimes by trial and error. Sometimes they read a phenomenal book, right? How to be an entrepreneur. I don't even know if one like that exists. Oh, I'm sure it does. <laughs> Whether it's good or not is a separate question. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but prioritizing your tasks and prioritizing what you need to do first, what needs your attention is so... Sometimes it's actually difficult, but it's so important, mm. right? And if somebody is not there telling you what needs to be done, you need to figure out what that is, right? So um, oftentimes entrepreneurs are able to do this because, you know, they're running their own business or they're, you know, they can see the immediacy. Well, they're forced to do it. They have no choice. They're forced to do it, right, of the task at hand and what needs their attention first. But it's not always evident when we're, you know, working for someone else. We're in a more structured job. There are a lot of people on our team. So being able to recognize our priorities is also a great skill to have, not just when you're working remotely, but when you go back into the office. Yeah. Um, it just increases your productivity. And one of the ways I've found um, to be able to step back and assess your priorities, yeah. right? Because it's one thing to say, just figure out what's most important and work on it. Right. Okay, how do you figure do you, out what's most yeah, important? Yeah. One of the best tools for that, one of the best exercises you can do is building in a reflection period uh, during your day in this routine that we're talking about. And generally the best time to do that is the last hour of work. Mm. And, and an hour might seem like a long time, but it's an hour very, very well spent, right? Reflecting on what you accomplished that day, what you planned to accomplish and what did you actually get done. 
um, and determining if, if he didn't get through it all, why was that the case? And to what extent should the rest of that get pushed to tomorrow? Um, and then at the end of your week, it's also, I like to build in a, a second period of reflection. This is a little further up, a higher elevation looking at your week. You know, what did you get accomplished that week? Uh, was it what you intended to accomplish? If not, you know, how can you better manage your time in the, in the coming weeks to yeah. sort of more effectively get through your to-dos? Totally. But building in these periods of reflection allows you to um, take a sort of a meta perspective of what you're doing. It gets you out of the immediate moment uh, and thinking more strategically. And, uh, you know, this, this sometimes sounds like something... You know, if you're just getting started at work, that this is something that your manager is doing or your manager's manager. But the truth is, at every level of a business, you want people doing this because uh, we're all capable of it. And the more aligned we are individually uh, with what needs to be done, uh, the more effectively we can work as a team to get things done. That's so, so true. I love, I love that suggestion as well. Yeah. And especially, you know, um, it's important to see where your time went, right? So I love this idea of doing it at the end of the day as a reflection. If you feel to, I think another way, I love that. Um, you can also do it after each activity. That might, um, it might disturb your flow. So I think in that case, maybe at the end of the day is really well, good. Could be at least choose one day where you do that, right? Yeah, just, exactly. just to get in the rhythm of to reflecting. Right, so maybe like I'm, I'm envisioning where you have, you know, your time blocking, which is something that we suggested in mm. this week's lesson. So have everything regimented, let's just say, and then on the side, so not on the side, but you make another event. So if you're familiar with Google Calendar, you make another event for that same time blocked period, so 9 to 10 a.m., what did you actually do from 9 to 10 a.m., right? Do you catch my drift? So, so are you saying say, you have you have the activity booked? Yes. So and then after the activity, you have a time booked to reflect on that activity? Is that no, what you're saying? No, but that's also really good. <laughs> <laughs> that's the second way you can okay. do it. <laughs> There's so many ways to do this. The, the third way, really, you can do this is, so 9 to 10 a.m., you have meeting, okay, a Zoom meeting. 10 to 11 a.m., you have, uh, you know, a proposal to write. Mm -hmm. 11 to 12 a.m. you have 12 p.m. you have um i don't know a conference call okay so now that's what you had to do right then you reset you you put another event and google will automatically put it on the side so you right. see two columns in that space oh, okay what did you actually do from 9 to 10 a.m. Oh, do you know what i'm saying i see so you base i love this so basically if you're visual like yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're also really visual, but I think your style works really well for you. For me, I would forget what I actually did. Yeah, yeah. so I like it. So basically, um, because I know exactly what you're getting at, a lot of us have these aspirational yeah. um, calendars, yes. right? So you, you preemptively put up, uh, how am I going to use my time this day? Then you have the actual yeah, way exactly. that you use that time. And so by putting that into the calendar, you can see how closely your actual day lined up with your hypothetical sort of uh, platonic ideal of a day. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a cool idea. I like that. And that, um, again, it's, it's, it's a reflective exercise that sort of holds yourself accountable yeah. for the way in which you use your time. Totally. 
So there are different ways of approaching the time blocking, but if you actually see where your time went and how you allocated it, then you're more aware and you're more cognizant of how fast it might be for you to complete a task, um, how long it might take, rather. Yeah. And and be more productive because you understand time better. Right. It's a time management thing. Right. Yeah. And um, there was there's another component to this that I think uh, is useful and it's it's uh, applicable more broadly, which is testing the extremes. Right. So uh, you you described a day where every hour is time blocked. For me, I I would consider that extreme. Totally. Right? Yeah. Like, like that's that's a lot more structure than I typically put in my day. I generally have a couple things. And I think in your video you talk about having just three things. I think that's a good number to sort of get through during the day. Um, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't at least try the extremes. Because mm-hmm. what the extremes do is help you set, uh, get, get a sense of what's too much and what's too little. Totally. Right? So go through a day with no structure. See how it goes. Then go through a day with just insane structure yeah. where like... Even lunch breaks are yeah, penciled in. Totally, totally. You pencil in the 10-minute walk to, you know, wherever you're picking up lunch. Well, these days, I guess it's your kitchen counter. Uh, right. <laughs> but the point is, yeah, go go and try out both extremes because by trying the extremes, they may be way further uh, away from what you actually do. Right. But they give you a sense of what's possible on either side. And then it helps you calibrate where you you want to end up in the middle. That is a phenomenal exercise that you can do because it will help you understand your own productivity um, mechanisms and then the time management. The other thing that you can consider when you come up with your own, like when you've calibrated it. I'm going to read this. Sure. Is to structure your day so that you have like, let's say one hour of, and you can even label it random stuff. And by that I mean, let's say somebody, you know, from work calls you and there's something that you need to address with immediacy. We're talking about the random, random time. Mm. Right. So you schedule that in. Maybe it's 15 minutes. Maybe it's one hour at the end of the day. You can do that intermittently throughout the day, like schedule in a 10-minute random time. And if nothing urgent or if no, um, if you don't need to be on a call with somebody from work or answer an email uh, that you weren't expecting for work, then you can use that time to maybe, you know, do something like read a book or you take that time for you. Yeah, I like the idea of proactively using the extra time because often uh, when something like that happens, yeah. what we end up doing is just extending the amount of time that we were working on uh, the activity. W- the activity. Yeah. Right. And that's not necessarily what you want to do. Uh, there's a really good phrase, which is that. Um, Basically, uh, your uh, how does this go? Mm. The amount of uh, time sort of expands to fill the space that you give it. The amount oh, of time it yeah. takes to do something right. expands to the space that you give for it. Like a fish in a fishbowl, right? If you give it a bit, bigger yeah. fishbowl, it gets bigger. It'll get bigger. But the thing is, it's 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 this is kind I of know. a negative <laughs> thing. It's okay. a kind of a negative thing, right? Because okay. what I'm saying is, if you give yourself. Uh, three hours to do a certain task. Yeah. More, more, more likely than not, you're going to use those three hours to get the task done. Yeah. If you give yourself half an hour mm. to do that task, yes. you're going to have to completely rethink how to do that task. But you will, if it needs to get done, you will figure out a way, a way to get it done yes. in 30 minutes. 
And maybe yeah. it was 90% if we're going to the, the Pareto principle, uh -huh. uh, it's 80% as good. Okay. But most of the time, 80% is all you need. And you got it to 80% of the quality in one A third, and not even time. one sixth yeah. of, of the original time. And so remembering that, you know, you, you're, um, the amount of time it takes will expand to fill the space you give it, it that, that it's, it's an in, sort of a way of um, forcing yourself to think, how efficiently can I get something done? Right, right? yeah. And the yeah. more aggressive you are with your time blocks in terms of keeping them compressed, the more likely you are to be more productive in those periods of time. Absolutely, and if the same principle holds true Remind us the name Pareto Principle. Right? Yeah, it's like Pareto Rule. Pareto. Right, it's the 80-20 rule. Yeah. Same thing, um, there's research that supports that children who are in extracurricular activities after school, they have these commitments, sports, theater, arts, whatever, are actually, they have less time to get their homework done, but they're actually performing better at school, in school because of this this approach, right? Yeah. Because they don't have as much time as somebody who doesn't have any extracurricular activities, who actually maybe has more time. Totally. They don't, they don't perform as well. Um, so it's the same idea where if you give yourself less time to complete an activity, you might actually exceed your own expectations. Yeah. And therefore you'll get more done because... Yeah. And what is, what's neat about these things is, um, you know, uh, Al Alcyon, I'm, I'm, I'm not good at pronouncing that name, but uh, she mentioned how, or, or he mentioned that uh, this is something that's very useful for teaching from home, oh, right? This is yeah. the first time they've had to teach from home, and yeah. uh, you know, being able to manage your time effectively is important. And that's totally true. These, these productivity uh, strategies are very useful for working in a less structured environment, but what's also really cool is that they become part of your process and you can take that when when life resu resumes you know normalcy yeah and you're back in a classroom in a, in a school right you right. can use these same principles to be even more effective than you were previously so that's what I love about developing these skills yeah. now this is an opportunity to really refine and enhance uh, these capabilities so that um, later on when you, re you return to uh, whatever normal looks like. Yeah, for whatever you. normal looks like for you, you can do even better at what mm. you used to do. It's it's a it's a great opportunity to um, to upgrade your uh, your skill set. Absolutely, and I think you know it's misleading thinking about well, what are the skills I need to develop for working from home, working remotely? In fact, you can, like Greg said, get better at developing this skill set and then take it to. A non-remote environment, yeah. right? And and you'll be amazed and impressed with yourself, and um, also the people around you working with you will be too. So, all good things, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's that's what we like to do on this channel in general is is focus on topics and core skill sets that that are applicable to a wide range of activities, not just professional, but also personal, Absolutely, right? Absolutely, yeah. Um, when I go on vacation, I wanna make sure I'm making the most use of the time that I have, right? Totally. It's precious time. So you wanna be productive. You wanna make sure that uh, you get the activities in that you wanted to get done and that you leave space for 
uh, enjoying and, and relaxing when when you know you want to do that as well. Yeah, so. I'm just I'm just laughing because we did our honeymoon on a cruise. Yes, uh, it was a gift from my parents, and um, we were so busy. There yeah. were so many activities that we wanted to do. It was almost like you had to be productive at having totally. fun. I was initially terrified of, of of a cruise because the idea for me of being you know stuck in one place for a few days on end was like, what do I do with myself? Oh, you, there's a Holy lot smokes, to do. there's a lot to do. Yeah, it yeah. got to the point where if you didn't sign up for an activity right when they released it in the morning, all the slots were Yeah, yeah, you, know, you had taken. to be on your game. Like you had to be Which on is it. fun. Yeah. It was so fun. Yeah. So as you said, productivity with other things as well, right? You, yeah. you formulate this um, structure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, at risk of going over, I think we should probably wrap up. Yeah, there's so much to say on this topic, but this is, you know, part of what um, we would like you to work on. Yeah. Try out those calendar techniques. Uh, we gave you three options, so check it out. There's some more su more suggestions on the blog as well for ways of being more productive at home and in life in general. So. And we'd love your input. I mean, there's there are so many different ways to approach this, and uh, uh, you guys combined have so much knowledge as well. Yes. So uh, you and know. we value your comments. I mean, we yeah. we got so many lovely comments on different videos. Her favorite thing to do in the morning is to wake up and look at at, at comments from you guys. So. Yeah, it really warms my heart. Yeah. Uh, so thank you so much. And we we just passed a thousand subscribers. So that wouldn't have been possible without all of you. So thank you so, so much. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we'll keep it coming. You guys keep it coming. And, uh, well, I'll keep it coming. Yeah, the train keeps rolling. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Have a great weekend. And we will catch you in our next live. Yes. Happy exploring.